here we are on beautiful Jones Street. You Jones. Today being uh, day number 11, guys, I don't know if you're going to believe this, that I'm sober. All right. What's up, y'all? How's it going? I'm a little bit annoyed. Okay. I've spoken about on a previous podcast that the neighbors who share a wall with me have orgies. I'm not kidding. I'm not even kidding. Today being Monday, as I'm recording this, we're releasing this on Thursday. These guys, this past weekend, must have had at least five different, five or six different types of orgies. I hear the buzzer going off, and it's freaking annoying. So now, I'm, the reason that I'm mentioning that, I wasn't even going to mention that, but now I got this upstairs lady making some sort of noise, some sort of banging, and listen to this, okay? I got a note from my upstairs neighbor, okay? Maybe he or she or whatever saw me leaving my apartment and goes, hi, you seem cool from no, not happening. This is insane. Now all my freaking neighbors are annoying. I don't have any neighbors over here. I got that exposed brick. Yes, that New York City exposed brick. Actually, you know what? I'm going to show you guys. That's how you know you semi made it in New York. When you got that exposed brick, but it's white. It's painted white, which is chill. Can't really, uh, can't complain about that. Okay, so... Today being uh, day number 11, guys, I don't know if you're going to believe this, that I'm sober, all right? This is the longest time I've gone since freaking probably college that I didn't smoke weed. I haven't drank it since New Year's, and on New Year's, I didn't even mean to drink, okay? I had a champagne bottle on stage, and I was going to do the classic, like, where I just put the bottle to my lips and not drink it. But as soon as I did that, because I opened the champagne, it just fucking spewed down my face, and I ended up drinking it. But, like, I'm not really a drinker. I've spoken about this on the pod many times before. But, yes, this is the longest time I've gone without smoking pot. Okay, in like freaking at least 10 years, it's, um, it's been fine. I mean, every day, like I'm still like, oh, should I smoke weed? Like I still could, um, I'd be down to, but I'm saving, <laughs> tell you what, I'm saving some money and my dreams have become so vivid and weird. Like every night I'm having like three vivid dreams and I woke up from a dream the other night and I was like, oh. That could be a really good movie idea. All right, I'll tell you guys what it is since you asked. Um, <laughs> so I'm uh, I'm hanging out with this squad and like these people are like, yeah, you can make a lot of money selling weed. So I'm like, uh, I don't really want to. He's like, come on, Ted, you could, you totally could. And then as um, we're talking about this, the police come to the door, they come in, they're like, hey, what's going on in here? I go out the back door with like a large case, like a large kind of platform-esque thing around my shoulder holding like a lot of weed. I'm walking down the street and being casual and like cops are walking by me. They're not suspecting anything since I'm walking, you know, I'm not like sprinting or running or anything, but uh, I, I leave the weed in like the corner and then like I want to get away from the scene. So I walk into this doorway. I start like crawling around. I go through this one tunnel and then for like whatever, it felt like an hour in the dream. I'm just crawling through this tunnel, crawling through that tunnel. And then classic Jew, right? Going through the tunnels. Hey, easy with that. And then I just pop up and I'm on a boat. I'm on a freaking boat. I start asking people around me. I'm like, hey, where's like the nearest uh, part of land? You know, like where, uh, where are we headed on this boat? 
turns out that this boat is on like a three-month voyage journey and I'm just in the middle of the sea. Okay, maybe this, <laughs> maybe now that I'm describing it, this might not make so much sense as a movie, but like, if you just keep going from like tunnel to tunnel, you pop up, you're on a freaking boat, and then you find out there's no cell phone service, there's all these people on the boat being like, yo, what's up? Hey, good to see ya. I don't know. Maybe that sounded a little bit weird, but also like I've had like just vivid dreams of people who I haven't seen in years, like maybe people who I'm not friends with anymore, just like in my dreams and like recapping friendships. I don't know what it is, but I have looked up before, like once you stop smoking weed, you start having like these weird vivid dreams. And I don't know what it is. Maybe it's like the past 10 years of dreams are now just spewing into my head, but I'm having like at least three vivid ones a night. And there was like this guy on Instagram who I watch all the time. I was like hanging out with him and he had all of his friends around and like he started being so rude to me. He like wouldn't talk and all of his friends were like talking for him. I'm like, bro, I really like your videos. He'd just look at me and he'd be like, sick dude you know like he wouldn't say anything to me and then they all started playing football i was like bro can i play like you know i'm a solid quarterback i'm like <clears throat> and he's just like not paying attention to me it was weird but I, I don't know we'll see day 11 of my sober journey am i enjoying it yeah it's fine it's cool whatever i mean i would i'll continue to do this for at least like at least a month see how i feel and then maybe who knows maybe the sober journey will continue on and I'll be that guy who's on IG and be like, I'm 50 years sober. I'll just, yes, I'll develop a Southern accent and then I'm 50 years sober. It's freaking lit. But anyway, the past week, uh, I went bowling with my, uh, with my fam and my mom and her boyfriend. And uh, we, the, at the arcade at Chelsea Piers, we were playing games and we got mad tickets. And I got one of these bouncy balls. It was fresh. When's the last time you guys went bowling? Bowling's such like a, unique niche kind of sport i feel like because like if you're bowling and you just do it what like once a year once every two years like you obviously don't have your own bowling shoes and i've been thinking about it it's kind of gross okay putting your feet in somebody else's feet i know that they spray it down but like come on let's be real how much could they really spray it down you know what i'm saying it's freaking bowling man but bowling at chelsea pierce shout out chelsea pierce and like the thing is with bowling let me straighten this camera a little bit more. The thing is with bowling, like I just, I lost, uh, I kind of lost interest. You know what I mean? Like it, it's tough to stay out there and like look for a strike every freaking time. You know what I mean? Hold on guys, I'm trying to straighten out this camera as you guys are watching. Okay, all right, there it is. You're on top of the refrigerator, by the way. Refrigerator, yes, naturally doesn't have much food in it. <laughs> Cause I'm a boy. I don't know, man. I like, I keep food in the fridge. It's just limited. People will be like, Ted, what's your favorite vegan treat? I'm like, just put chickpeas and beans in a freaking bowl, maybe an awangado on top of it, and eat it and munch. And then that's like a, what? That's like a 1,200 calorie meal, you know what I'm saying? And I've, I've still been intermittent fasting a little bit, but also my workout routine. I've been watching a lot of Mike Metzger for the bros out there. If you guys have ever heard of Mike Metzger, he's like a bodybuilder kind of scientist who talks about how you're just supposed to hammer the workouts and really only do one set. And it kind of, it makes sense the way that he's describing it. You know, he's saying that like all in that one set that you do till failure, you're ripping all the muscles in that particular body part. So if you do another set, it's gonna be harder to recover from that. 
So meaning when you're doing just one set to failure, like every other day on a new body part, maybe it'll help with, uh, help with growth. So we're seeing, I'm on like day five of that. And it's difficult for me sometimes. Cause like I wake up and I'm like, all right, I'm freaking, I got ADD. I want to run. I want to lift, but we'll see. Patience is a virtue and patience in life. They say is the move. So, you know, we'll, we'll keep you guys updated on that. Uh, but, uh, okay. Also yesterday I went to the ITA national collegiate indoor championships and guys, oof, those kids can play. For those of you who don't know, I played college tennis at UConn, which is like a lower level division one tennis program. If I played against any of these kids when I was in college, or even now these kids would freaking smoke me. And there's so many different levels of tennis. By the way, I like interviewed some kids. It was dope. But the teams that I interviewed, they were three, four, five in the country and number 12 in the country. Insane. But anyway, back to what I was saying, how many levels there are in tennis. Like for me, when I started playing tennis more so competitively when I was like 11 years old, I was the kid who was at summer camp who was the best at summer camp. And me being the best kid at summer camp meant I was like, number 30 in the east now i know you guys are thinking oh in the east damn ted like the east coast that's impressive no the east in the united states tennis association is consistent of <laughs> new jersey new york and like part of connecticut so like being 30 in like almost three states it's solid whatever but as i said there are just so many different layers and levels of tennis yes i did play division one tennis but like UConn was not as good as BC, who was not as good as a Clemson or Miami, who is not as good as a Duke, who's not as good as these teams that I interviewed, you know, USC, Texas A&M, Arizona, those types of teams. And then once you play on those teams who are like top in division one, there are six kids who play singles on each team. So if you're not playing number one or number two singles on a top 10 team in college, like by the time you're a sophomore or even maybe I'll say junior, you're not making it to the pros. It's wild. Like it, they got, for example, there's a kid who was at the tournament yesterday. Uh, he's number one in the country, Elliot Spaziri. He plays at Texas and he won a first round match at the U.S. Open this past year. Very impressive. Yes. But for him to make it to like top 50 in the world. It's going to be a freaking grind. The amount of tennis tournaments that there are outside of the Grand Slams that you guys have heard of, it's insane. So you start off with the Futures. If you win a Futures tournament, you make like maximum $5,000. Then there's the Challengers. If you win the Challenger tournament, you make $20,000. Then there's ATP 250. You win a 250, maybe you make $100,000. Then there's the 500s and the 1,000s and then the Grand Slams on top of that. And, you know, when people think about tennis or people talk about tennis, oh, yeah, that guy's not really winning. That guy only made the third round of the U.S. Open. Like, for you to make the third round of the U.S. Open, 
let me tell you this. You're the number one kid at your country club. You're the number one kid in the state. You're probably top five in the country. And then as an 18 year old and under junior, you're like top 10 or top 15 in the world. There's so many levels to tennis. If you compare it to another sport like basketball, baseball, or football, it's like night and day. You know what I mean? Because like you can be in the NBA, you can be the 150th best player in the NBA, and you're making probably around $500 or yes, you're making $500. No, you're making like $500,000 being uh, like a minimumly paid person in the league. But if you're 150 in the world in tennis, you're probably not making a living given that you have to pay for your own hotel flights. You got to bring a coach with you. And then on top of that, you got to make sure that you're playing like every single week, bringing in that cash money. So that's something that's also, uh, <sighs> something that's difficult, but guys, uh, been on the journey. I'd say the past freaking <laughs> 423 episodes, uh, of this podcast and new show alert. We will be doing every single Monday in March at 8 p.m. 167 Bleecker Street, Margarita Monday. It's an absolutely free show. We're going to have some of the best comics in New York City. The lineups are all set. If you guys want a sneak peek at the lineups, you just let me know. TedJonesWorld at gmail.com. I'm happy to let you know. But we're going to be releasing the lineups like a week before. It'll be at the comedy shop. It's going to be great. And I think the main reason we're going to be doing a free show is just exposure for all the comics exposure for myself and it'll be fun you know what i mean if you guys want to come get a margarita or let's say you're sober like me for 11 days then you come you get a water enjoy some comedy but uh that'll be great as well so i'm looking forward to that uh every single monday in march i'm also going to be going down to miami uh for like five days i'm going to visit my father that that'll be great that's exciting i think it might be like one of the last times though um, I'd say for at least like six or seven months that I go down to Miami, just cause like, you know, once you're up here in March, end of March, starting to get a little bit warmer, you know, I know we do have those freezing, but cold days in March and sometimes April, but you know, we're on the, uh, we're on the road to warmer weather up here. I tell you that. And also, okay. <sighs> Whew, I've been flying here. So let me take a breath. Uh, Taylor Swift just did a concert in Melbourne in front of 96,000 people. It was her biggest crowd ever. And watching these clips on TikTok, dudes, dudes and dudettes, I tell you what, I think I want to go to a Taylor Swift concert. All right. Wasn't the Super Bowl that really like had me jazzed up about Taylor Swift that they eat at, but these concerts just look so lit. Granted, it's like a majority of like younger types of you know females and such but there are a lot of dads there and like i, I don't know i think i want to go i saw that they're like the last leg of her united states tour is in october in miami at the hard rock stadium so i don't know if anyone wants to go with me you freaking let me know but i could be down to go and it, you know what's interesting they don't start selling tickets until august which i, I can imagine that the entire tour even like the worldwide tour would be sold out easily like almost a year before tickets go on sale so i don't know why that they are, are saying that you can't buy tickets until august which ends up being like three and a half months before the concert but maybe it's just because this poor lady or taylor swift like the amount of endurance that she has it's wild bro going on stage for three hours she's going from country to country all over the world good for her 
Good for her. And people who are like, oh, she's the devil. Enough. Okay? Seems like a sweet girl. She's making people happy with her music. Maybe some of her lyrics aren't great, but no. Taylor Swift is not demonic. You guys need to chill with that. And that's the thing. Like, you can get in a rabbit hole on these social media apps, and the, the music is like, I don't know. That's like who wants to be a millionaire music. Do you guys remember that? When they're like asking the audience or doing the fast finger question. I don't know. But bottom line, I don't think she's demonic. I think she's fresh. Taylor Swift, you're fresh. Um, Juno, Will. Um, yeah, this was like a, a huge spur of me just talking. Me just talking. But I did enjoy myself at the tennis championships yesterday, the national championships. Uh, it, it was just so cool to watch these kids who have been playing tennis probably every single day since they were like seven years old. You know, and like a sad thing about tennis is the, a lot of these guys are never going to be top 100 in the world. I'd say 99% of them are not going to be top 100 in the world. So I don't know what a tennis life really leads afterwards, like after college tennis. But I mean, you can try and make it on tour for a little bit, but it just ends up a lot of money is going to be coming out of your pocket. And I was speaking to Jules Klein, owner of Solo Sports. Shout out uh, Jules, who owns the racket shop at the National Tennis Center over there. And he was saying, yeah, I hear that, you know, a lot of these kids aren't going to go pro, but think about they're traveling, they get free college, they have all these friends and people from college that they know just from the sport. And if you compare it to something like baseball or maybe basketball, it is different because in tennis, you more so know, like, yes, I'm not going to go pro. Like by the time you're 23, 24 years old, you don't, I don't want to say give up, but you're not going to proceed to go to the next level when in a sport like baseball or you think uh, basketball, you could be like, oh, well, yeah, I'm going to go overseas. I'm going to try and make it. And then by the time you're like, you know, 33 or 34 years old, you're like, I've spent all this time. I thought I was going to make it to the leagues. I thought I was going to get my big break. And then you end up, you know, doing something that maybe you don't want to do. And I think that being a professional athlete in general, that happens to a lot of guys, a lot of girls. You know, you've done something for so long every single day and then poof, all of a sudden you're 32, 33 years old. Yes, you have the bag, but it's like, you know, what do I kind of do now? Gilbert Arenas, who played for the Washington Wizards and uh, had a great career in basketball, made like, I think $100 million. He was saying the toughest thing is realizing that, yeah, you're 32, 33 years old with this huge bag, but you're like, okay, now what do I do? You're kind of lost. You're like, I've been training for so long. And maybe in a sport like tennis, it's, it's great because now you have it the rest of your life. But I think a sport that is valid to have for the rest of your life, it's got to be golf. It's got to be golf. The more I've been watching golf, the more my mother has been playing golf and talking about it and her wanting me to get out there and hit those irons. It's something that you could just do by yourself. You know what I mean? And you can play with whoever. It's like tennis, you go out. Yeah, it's a lifetime sport. But if you're really at such a high level, if you played tennis in college or maybe even pro, like there's not a lot of people who can hit the ball back and forth with you you know golf you can go out with somebody who's been playing golf for three years and maybe they're good maybe they're not but you're still out there for four hours having a good time getting some business deals done oh yeah sure i want to start a coffee brand oh that'd be sick you know what i mean oh i want to start a bubbly seltzer seltzer brand 
You know, it's funny. Anytime I like will ask for seltzer at a bar, people automatically assume that it's alcoholic. Okay. That's new. That's recent. And no, I just want the fresh bubbles. Hit my throat like, yeah, yeah. I just want that sparkling water. That's seltzer. That's also been a beautiful thing about not drinking. You know what I mean? Like people will not charge for sparkling water out of the gun. If they do, that's savage. Ooh, good question though. Is the sparkling water or club soda out of the gun? What's it called? We don't know. Maybe it is club soda that's in the gun. Cause like it would make sense. Cause uh, club soda, as we've learned previously, fermentates when it has alcohol in it and sparkling water doesn't like if you put alcohol in sparkling water the bubbles all dissipate yeah i know i learned this recently too guys spoiler alert or not even a spoiler alert we're just freaking learning on dead jones world here you know what i'm saying <sighs> yeah guys well you know a lot going on in my life i will continue to progress and uh as you guys listen to the uh, ted jones world podcast stay tuned we've got a lot of fun things coming up and fun guests in rotation all right guys thanks so much for listening i'm ted jones we'll see you next time peace